0: To go okay. Welcome to Sports Med Res's This Week in Review Podcast, where we highlight the recent news in sports medicine research. Over the past week we've had two posts on sportsmedres.org. That's res dot org. In the first post, we highlighted a consensus statement on minimizing risk of injury and illness in youth runners. In the second post, we reported on a study where the authors noted that asymptomatic individuals with a recent concussion had slower reaction time than healthy peers. If we take a closer look at that second post, we find that the authors compared driving reaction times using a driving simulator between 14 people with a concussion that were about 16 days after their concussion to 14 healthy controls that were matched age, sex, and driving experience. The authors also tested whether a computerized neurocognitive assessment related to driving reaction times. The authors measured reaction time during three simulations, a stoplight, going from green to yellow, evasion, meaning avoiding and approaching a vehicle, and a pedestrian, a person running in front of a vehicle. A composite reaction time score was based on the average reaction time from these three scenarios. The participants with a concussion were asymptomatic or returned to baseline signs and symptoms score before the evaluations. Participants completed a neurocognitive test that evaluated verbal and visual memory, psychomotor speed, reaction time, simple and complex attention, processing speed, cognitive flexibility, executive function, and motor speed. Healthy participants and people with a concussion had similar concussion histories, years of education, driving experience, and number of car violation and crashes. Participants with a concussion had slower composite driving reaction time scores than controls. The neurocognitive assessment scores lacked a strong relationship with driving reaction time scores. In the study, the authors found that despite the individuals being asymptomatic after a concussion, they had slower reaction times than the control group. This finding adds to the evidence that even after a patient reports no concussion signs and symptoms, impairments still exist. This raises concerns about driving safety for patients with a concussion. The authors estimated that the concussed individuals needed an additional 59 feet when traveling 70 miles per hour and 21 feet when traveling at 50 miles per hour to react to scenarios compared to healthy controls. Unfortunately, neurocognitive assessments lacked a strong relationship with driving reaction time. Hence, These tests may be unable to inform a clinician if a patient may have impaired driving reaction time. This study highlights the need for assessments to address the complicated activities of daily life following a concussion, such as readiness to drive. Currently, medical professionals should have conversations with patients with a concussion about how their driving may be impaired even if they are feeling fine. Don't forget that we also share extra material on social media. This week's most popular post was a peer-reviewed article where the authors reported that in adults with mid portion Achilles tendinopathy, heel lifts were more effective than calf muscle eccentric exercise in reducing pain and improving function at twelve weeks. But patients may not experience a clinically worthwhile difference between these interventions. If you're an athletic trainer who's looking for evidence-based practice to use, then please check out our six online evidence-based practice courses available through the Human Kinetics website. We will have links to our summaries, the courses, and the article on our website and in our show notes. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. We'll be back next week with more sports medicine research. Until then, have a fun one and stay well.